Hello, welcome to Broken Mind and Growing Confidence, the podcast with funding from the National Lottery and the Government. I'm Claire from Positive Life Workshops. I am a guide and a healer. I help people who have struggled with anxiety and depression who want to start living that more positive life. Hi, welcome. This week we've got an interview with myself and Julie Gibbons. I did the Magic Mandala course and literally that made me stop. I was having really bad mental health problems and I was really, really suffering. And it was all down to the fact that I didn't know who I was. And your course kind of enabled me to do that. So it was kind of what, what encouraged you to do the course and what you're doing now and what kind of made you go into that that life did you study to do art and things like that because I don't know these things about you and then what did you what are you doing now brilliant oh it's really great to be here and chat with you and to to find that out as well I think it's really exciting what you're doing yeah and getting funding for that as well well done yes very (laughs) exciting it's allowed me to kind of take that next step and use what I've done in the past and make it and take it out further and further which is fantastic brilliant brilliant well thank you in terms of my story I studied communications and that was because I couldn't decide what I wanted to do and for years I thought I'd go to art college and I fell out with my art teacher in sixth year Uh, so I got sent out of my class for wearing a punk t-shirt and at that point I just you know just two fingers up to that establishment I was out of there um so what I wanted to do was go and study a whole load of stuff I couldn't make my mind up I couldn't make my mind up at all so I went to do communications because it was a mix of everything that I enjoyed doing so in there there was literature, visual communication, audiovisual communication. We had psychology, mass media, photography, printing. And of course, it was the days before we had um, personal computers. So everything was done traditionally. Yeah. Um, and social studies, all that kind of thing. You know, just this for what it meant for me to be human and live in the world and how you relate to the world. So that's what I did. Um, And part of that course was marketing and PR. Mm. And so after that, and you know, this was right at the end of the 80s. So at the beginning of the 90s, PR and marketing was really quite big, but we were also in a depression. So there weren't many jobs going around. And I lived at the time in a tiny wee town in the middle of Scotland. And I'd gone to college in Edinburgh, but I lived with my boyfriend. So I travelled in and out. So I didn't do that whole student away from home thing because I was living in my own house doing yeah. my own stuff anyway. So I didn't. I knew I didn't want to travel for work because I'd done that for um, college in and out every day, you know. And and because it was college and not uni, it was like hard craft. You know, it was nine to five. So I used to get on the bus at quarter to seven in the morning, and I'd get home at like half seven at night. Cold either, yeah. Yeah, so I just didn't want to do that. So I needed a job locally. So I ended up being a marketer for about 20 years. Mm. And in that time, I had a kid. And after I had him, that's when I stopped making art for myself. Because, you know, you've got a career, you've got a wee one. It's really hard to find the time. And I was, I was working in the high-tech industry 
because that's what was going on at the time. Yes. So I was working with software companies and my last kind of full-time job there was with um, a membership organisation, helping small companies. So I was really into small companies, not big ones, but I did do a lot of training. I trained with Apple when it was really cool, before they started selling direct and all stuff like this. Anyway, I had a lot of um, experience in marketing and sales as well, because, you know, in the UK, you don't get marketing properly. It's always linked to sales. It's really hard to get companies that it can, will invest in marketing separate from sales. Yeah, it's quite difficult. That's something that I've kind of fallen upon quite recently. So as I stepped out of working for the NHS and stepped away from working in mental health and that nine to five job type thing, it was shifts. But as I stepped away from that, it kind of become like, what's going on? What do I do? Where's life going? And is it's just finding that focus to to help you kind of get to where you're going. And the marketing, I didn't have a clue about it. I didn't have a clue. But I've just taken on a virtual assistant and just got a marketing strategy. I've got someone to build me a website. Whereas before I was trying to do all this myself and that wasn't my expertise. That wasn't my experience. And I was putting my all in and working every hour under the sun and not getting anything out of it because I wasn't doing it right. So the content was there, but the whole background of it wasn't there. And it's just been a process to kind of discovering that like, this is what I wanted to do. And right, well, how do I do that and make it into a business so that I can live and enjoy my life and like love what I do, basically? Right. Yeah. And that's the key thing. I mean, so the thing was, I had all these skills, but I was working for companies that weren't mine and weren't really doing things. Now, I mean, I did get a wee bit caught up in that whole dot com bubble and we did loads of great stuff. I worked with some quite exciting companies. We did loads of cool things. We were traveling. We went to the States, did big launches, all that kind of thing. But at the end of the day, you know, I was still a person who was unfulfilled. And yeah. I suppose what really made the change for me was when I hit 40. And at that time, by then, I was actually working in my husband's business. And that's how we met, because I was doing some marketing projects for him. Nice. So I was, for the last maybe 10 years of my marketing career, um, I was consulting and I was running um, a telemarketing operation. I had people doing that side of things for me. And I was consulting with companies. And that's how I got to know Martin and... Um, started working with his company which was a personality profiling company started getting heavily into Jungian psychology because that's what they're based on right. we were traveling about most of our lifestyle was remote we were um, house swapping all the time so we took the wee one out of school because he was just wee at the time we took him out of school and we went traveling and we house swapped in Europe um, wow. and that's really how we spent our time and we were running the business doing that so, you know, if you looked at it from the outside in, it looked really cushy number, you know. Yeah, we were, it, we were it sounds robot. fantastic, yeah. It does. Yeah, we were doing what we wanted to do. We were travelling, mm -hmm. you know, the B1 had all this freedom. We had time to spend with them. But there was something in me that still wasn't really getting what it needed to get. And I didn't know what that was. And I just took the decision to leave the business. And, of course, we couldn't afford it. I mean, we radically couldn't afford it because, you know, that, that business um, was still building and investing its money into the business. So we weren't, you know, we weren't um, raking it in in terms of financial stability. But I just couldn't continue anymore. And I knew I needed to stop. 
Um, so I just looked to my own personal practice and I thought that I would start up a new business just for me using my marketing skills. And I didn't know what that was going to be. And at first, at the time, I was really heavily into organics and um, like growing your own food. So we had a polytunnel, we were growing our own food. I was really closely working with the veg box company locally. I had a blog, you know, I started a blog in 2006 um, and it was about living an organic lifestyle. And for me, it was really important that it was for everyday people because we were yes. just everyday people. You know, we just had a normal lifestyle with a normal income. You know, it was that kind of, I want you to address that kind of balance. That how do you do this? How do you live ethically and a values-based life? But, you know, from a position where, you know, we're just ordinary working class folk. We, we yeah. don't have resources that... Uh, We've not got these unlimited resources, but exactly. there's still a way to find kind of that happiness though isn't there and is it stepping into that and what you enjoy and what makes you feel like you're living your life and it's in that every day and stepping out of that business is kind of what I did with the NHS I just had to step out and do something totally different different so I was living to my values and it's when you start doing that that things just kind of start falling into place things just happen don't they it's amazing <laughs> I mean I was really getting into I was I was I baked my own bread and for me that was a whole ritual practice every morning I'd get up really early before anybody else did and I'd stand there and I would be kneading away and that connection that real deep connection was bringing out all sorts of things so I started making art again and I was just making it for myself. So it, obviously I didn't go to art school, so I'm not a trained artist, but I've always worked visually um, with communications. So it was natural for me to kind of um, start up art journaling. I was doing a lot of written journaling at the time. Yeah. And um, so getting a bit mixed media art journaling about things was um, what I was doing outside of what I thought was going to be my business practice, which I ended up setting up a business um, that was going to be, <laughs> I'm laughing now to think of it, but mm -hmm. it was going to be a marketing business for local veg box companies. Yeah. I thought that was really closely aligned with my values, how I lived and my skill set. But again, what I was doing was I wasn't communicating me. Yeah, you wasn't, wasn't being true to yourself. Yeah. yeah. So that never really got off the ground because what happened at that point um, my mum was diagnosed with stage four cancer and um, between looking after her and doing my own personal practice, the business didn't take off. And it was in that personal practice of the art journaling that I thought, oh, actually, maybe I can make a business out of this. Maybe I can get some income in return for sharing these practices that I'm getting so much from. And over a couple of years, um, that developed into what became the Mandala Magic Programme. And I'd, I'd released a couple of wee things before then. Um, and I was looking, I was in the middle, of, I was actually doing a, a kind of coaching circle with a, a, a women's group. And I was developing a programme that I was calling Digging for Dharma at the time. And it was all about finding meaning in the world. But actually, whilst I was doing that, and my mum was really declining, um, the Mandala book fell off the shelf, literally fell off the shelf in front of me. And I looked at it and I thought, oh, actually, I want to do this. Yeah. And, and within 
three months, um, my mum had died and the same month I launched the first version of Mandela wow. Magic. So I don't know if that, I've probably missed out all the really important parts of what triggered it and what got put into it. But yeah. essentially that's, that's how it all came into being. Yeah, but that's kind of the whole process behind it all. So I, I did bring my, um, I know we're on podcast, but I'm, I know we're recording. So I brought this. This is one of the pieces. This is my art journey. <clears throat> this is one of the pieces that I did with the Mandela Magic. And just the process that you taught me of writing underneath my, my artwork, yeah. it, it opened floodgates for me because it just kind of allowed me. It was like, well, why can't I write on my artwork? What's wrong with, it's my artwork. If I want words on there, then put the words on there. And, and if I want words on there that mean something to me and I want to cover them up, then why not? It's still, and, and I actually, I'll put that back down. I actually created, um, I've got three creative recovery courses that I um, created a couple of years after I did the Magic Mandela course. So I've got my life tree, um, one about, um, one that's an angel wing to help with grief. Um, and there's one more, I can't quite remember it because I'm rolling on the, on the tongue here. I'd not thought about this before, but it is, it's these things that I started to do for myself. I made those so that I could work on my own things. And then I took those out and started to do them in the community within my business and then started to do them in mental health hospitals and things like that. And the more I did it, the more I believed in myself. It's like, yeah, I've got that experience and I was the same. I've not been to art school. I've not got a degree in art and it's taken a lot of work. And the start of it was the Magic Mandela course. And it was just a process from there onwards. And I now call myself an artist. I mean, I've done art commissions for the local council and things like that, because I'll be like, yeah, I can do that. Oh, oh I've got an idea for that. And it is, it's just allowing that process and allowing yourself to be able to do the things that you enjoy. And then when you realize that it's helped you so much, then passing that knowledge on to other people and helping more and more people, it just feels fantastic. And I, I, I need to say thank you so much because it was, I was in a really, really dark place when I did that course and I was touch and go as whether I could even afford it. But do you know what? I was like, yeah, I want to put that much. I thought if I pay that money to do that course, I'm putting that much energy into that course and I am going to do it because I'm touch and go with whether I can afford it or not. If I pay it, I will definitely do it. And I paid it and I did it. And I'll be honest, I'll hold my hands up. I did not do it all the way through. I did not complete it because I had realizations as I was going along and it was like, wow, wow. And I applied for jobs and I didn't get jobs. And it was like, well, why didn't I get that job? And what I was doing at the time allowed me to journal on it and work through it in my art and it just allowed me to kind of go wow there's a whole new world out there so thank you for opening my eyes to this whole new world out here because I've fully stepped into it now and I'm fully enjoying the process <laughs> you're so welcome thank you for that it's a really great thing to hear because I think what you touched on there is something that I find is quite common what mandala magic is all about is really actually just a process so what I have to do in order to share it with other people is package it up somehow. And to package it up, there has to be something a wee bit more in it than what is the core process that we're working with. So we look at themes and we, you know, um, I think the one that you did was a 12 month 
um, yeah. round and, and now I do an eight module version um, which is based on the kind of Celtic um, solar cycle and that's because my interest changed you know so I've moved from that pure kind of psychology basis of the great rounds into well how does that actually work with my actual practice out there in the world so that's what I've done is transform it into that but what I was going to say was so that's the container and that's the themes but what we are doing is coming together in process and when that process is kicked off you know it starts a whole sequence of events that bursts out of that container yeah Definitely. You know, you've got that process and, and it's like there has to be a doorway for people to enter into um, a piece of work, whoever's offering it. So I think what what's really key about that is there's a container and there's a theme and there has to be a doorway that attracts people into that work. And it doesn't matter who's offering that offering, you know, there has to be some kind of way that you can identify with. I want to connect with that. So that theme in the container does that. But at the end of the day, it's process and practice. And only if you actually engage with that process as a practice, will you be able to benefit from it. So in that sense, it's not me that's doing anything. It's you that's coming up going, okay, I'm open, I'm receiving, and I'm ready to take it forward. Yeah, you have to allow yourself to step into the process, don't you? The last piece of work that I was commissioned to do was actually um, have a tattoo. So I designed my own tattoo, um, it's on my leg, um, and around the moon cycles. So, and I designed that piece of work, and it was supposed to be tattooed live. So I was having the dark bit done, which I've got done, and then the watercolours were supposed to be added live, and then COVID happened, so that all got cancelled. So I'm just waiting to book in for the rest of the colour and things like that. But it's just, it's like, it's just interesting now. Now you've kind of stepped into that journey, and, and that's kind of where I am now as well, following the moon cycle and doing the new moon rituals and things like that. The rituals are something else that I um, probably took from. The magic mandala course so I was doing things with crystals and I had my little altar and things like that but I kind of made it into a ritual process so every time I do some sort of artwork I'll put my crystals out and I'll light my candle and I'll take that space and I'll use that energy and put it into my work rather than just sitting there and going hmm what am I painting today I kind of go in with more of a reason than that and it just allows you to kind of express yourself more freely and that's how I use that's that's my medication if I'm feeling some sort of stress for my mental health, I will paint about it. So I did the uh, commission for her to glass was for COVID and I drew a uh, watercolour of the world with COVID all around it and there was me sat in a bottle uh, with my legs up and my stockings on all happy in my own little bubble. And it was, is it, is it, I, I made it into art so I could express myself and it, it just feels really good to kind of allow yourself to do that. Yeah, yeah. I think for me... I mean, it's, so, it's almost 10 years since I've been doing this work and um, it's less about self-inquiry in terms of figuring out who I am and what I have to offer. And it's more about engagement and relationship with the world. So alignment is the, the latest incarnation of mandala magic. And that started, so we're just about to do the autumn equinox and then we've got Samhain and then that's it finished. And we begin again um, at the beginning of December in time for midwinter solstice. So we're looking at the eight um, main festivals in the year and that's my personal practice. So that's how I've always worked prior to even doing um, the Great Round. 
And what I could see is that the great round, which was the basis of the Mandala Magic programme that, that you did, really echoed a lot of what we were working with in terms of this um, eightfold year and the solar cycle. So that's kind of where I'm going with it. But in terms of what the work is, for me, it's about relationship and it's devotional and it's an offering. And whoever or whatever your belief system is within that, um, this work can be that. So it's about how do we create that space around us? How do we create the rituals that help us deepen our engagement and our relationship? Because what's missing from our everyday dominant culture is any kind of ritual engagement with the world. And, you know, if you look to what we have now, we have birthdays and Christmas <laughs> and, you know, very little in between. Um, you know, we still do have some marriage going on. We still, still do have um, some funeral rites going on and we can see these diminishing and diminishing. I mean, the whole COVID and, and what filter that has put on top of, you know, these rituals that we have around death, for instance. Um, so for me, yeah, it's the, the work is now really about encouraging people to be in engagement, deep engagement with who they are, the land that they're on and the world that they live in. So there's, there's much more of an inner and outer um, dance going on there. It's not so much just about that inner psychology, but um, we're really looking to the world around us for inspiration. And of course, for me, it's in the middle of Scotland, um, so I'm tuned into that. Um, and that's where my ancestry lies as well, with a wee bit of I'm quite strong, actually, maternal line in terms of Ireland. So, you know, it's a very strong um, base of land relationship. And in that, for me, is that relationship with all of the non-human aspects of what that relates to as well. So ritual is, is a really, that's the way I live my life. I live my life ritually every day. Um, in my everyday world um, and and I think that the lack of ritual that is applied to how we live um, really helps helps um, I think accelerate this disconnection that the dominant culture has and encourages amongst us all and of course what we've all found out during COVID is that we need that real on the ground relationship to help keep us rooted and help keep us safe in the world yeah yeah definitely i think it's important that we kind of allow ourselves to find that within for ourselves as well because it's finding that and living to it so it's all right so it's all right going through the cycles and, and and learning about all that but if it's if it's not reflected on the outside world in what we're doing and how we're living it's not going to benefit us in any way and it's bringing it all together and allowing it so kind of if that's how you live on the inside well if you start to live like that on the outside, that's when you're stepping into your happiness. That's when you're stepping into your positive life. And that's when you're kind of being yourself. Yeah. And that's what it's all about. Absolutely. And I think that's why this kind of latest edition that I called alignment, because it's about aligning that inner and outer world. There's no point in sitting here in our own wee rooms and our own wee journals being really ultra symbolic about the world and not actually putting that out into practice. So for me, it's, it's an earth based practice that I might do in every day. Um, but also it's about how do I engage in those everyday relationships? How do I engage with my postman? How do I engage with the, the wee um, lady around the corner who's selling me my groceries every day? You know, it's, it's stuff like this. And 
um, you know, then we have these bigger world issues. What's going on? What's going on socially, politically, economically, and how that interweaves? And really, you know, who are we in that place? So, yeah, cosmology's in there as well. You know, it's just like everything is in there, but it's about how we can really be firm and affirm our own existence in a place that maybe feels like it has little meaning for us. Um, or we don't, we feel out of place because we're so misaligned in terms of the dominant culture and how we choose to live. So, yeah, that's kind of where it's at. Finding the alignment, that's where it's all about. <clears throat> Everything all in alignment and getting there. It's a process though, isn't it? And it is, it's starting that process so that you can become aligned and you can step into that life. Yeah. Yeah, and how do you share that with other people, you know? How do you let other people see that when you're feeling maybe a wee bit like, this is quite private work, you know, this is quite, um, this is maybe not something that I want to share with folk because they're not going to understand. So, you know, it's all a process, yeah, definitely. It is, it is. Right, thank you so much. This has been an amazing interview. Brilliant, thank you. It's been great. Yeah, I really enjoyed it any time. So do get in touch. Thank you. Take care. Take care. Thanks for listening to Broken Mind and Growing Confidence. Find us on Facebook at Positive Life Workshops. Come and join our Facebook group, Broken Mind and Growing Confidence, or the Ladies Wellbeing Group. Our anxiety course will be live soon. If you're looking to improve your confidence, if you're interested in any healing, card readings, having problems with anxiety, or your own confidence, feel free to give me a message. Thanks for listening. We'll be here again next Thursday. Goodbye.